Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hey, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Jay Halim Washington about how he helps coach entrepreneurs. So Jay Halim is a best-selling author, business coach, and corporate trainer. He went from working an $8 an hour job at the Hampton Inn to earning six figures as a commercial photographer in just a few years. He was able to accomplish all of this while being a convicted felon. While working the $8 an hour job, he developed his mantra, hashtag I won't starve, which was the catalyst for him to leave his job after only one year. Over his career, he's been able to work with international brands like Nike, Save the Children Foundation, NFL, Amtrak, and the WNBA. Since then, he has been pardoned and is now an author and motivational speaker. Welcome, Jay Halim. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's great having you here today. It's very inspiring how you went from like an $8 an hour job to over six figures in like, was it a year or just no, a few a, years? It was, a couple, it was a few years. So from 14 to 17. Yep. Yeah. That's really inspirational. So can you kind of give us a little synopsis or whatever on like your journey on where you are, how you got to where you are today? Oh man. So again, I'm a, I'm born and raised in North New Jersey. Just coming up in that crack era everybody's making movies about now. <laughs> so we actually lived it. My family, pretty much everybody in my family, every adult in my family, except for my grandmother who raised me was strung out on drugs at the time. And I'm the first grandchild. So, you know, and when we were growing up, it wasn't cool to use drugs. Everybody they had the presidential campaigns. Everybody just say no, all that other good stuff. And so, but it was cool to sell it. So that was how I made my money. And again, I was a great kid. I wasn't no one of those bad kids. I went to school every day, loved school. But how I earned a living for myself and tried to figure out, you know, that was through those type of nefarious actions. So came a little bit of a delinquent, still made it through high school, stumbled into college, but I became a felon in the beginning of college. You know, that, that rolled me through college. And once I graduated, even I graduated on the dean's list, I couldn't get a job. And um, I had to go into full-time entrepreneurship, which was fine for a while. I went to college in South Carolina. That's where I became a felon. I got out of South Carolina, moved back up north. It was kind of okay for a while. We went through the um, beginning of the Obama era where we had that recession. And uh, my wife at the time, she, I mean, my wife lost her job. And then on Capitol Hill, I had to sell my company. And we went right back to South Carolina because it was a lot cheaper there than it was in the Northeast. And I was faced with those same troubles of having to face that I'm a felon. And in the South, it's a lot less productive than it is up North where they don't look at um, felonies as bad, you know, in the north, northeast as opposed in the south. They were, like, trying to really hold me to that. And so I had to take the $8 an hour job to, you know, help feed my family. But after a year of working that job, I, I just was got reminded that I'm way better than this, you know, and it's not down in anyone. I tell people now, that's a part of my story. I, I took the job. I didn't just say I'm not doing anything. I took the job. I was a photographer, so I was taking I was taking photos while I was working, and I just believed in myself, and I just took a chance and left the job, and I immediately, you know, went through some hardships again, trying to figure it out. But after a couple of years, I was up to a, becoming a six figure earner as a photographer. Started working with the government, 
And I started helping other minorities do the same when I started making those relationships and seeing that it was a gap and minorities wasn't being um, taken care of and being and missing out on the amount of money that the federal, local and state government had to offer us. So um, I started become, I became a consultant in that space. And that's what I've been doing ever since. It's been an amazing journey. I learn a lot every day. I'm always teaching other individuals. A few years ago, I wrote my first book, I Won't Starve. You know, everybody knows the title. <laughs> Just telling my story. And then COVID hit. So I couldn't go around. I was going on tour. I was teaching. I was training. But put all that training in the book, You Won't Starve, because <laughs> I couldn't go anywhere at that time. And I got at that point, I got bit by the book bug. So that's where the next two came <laughs> from. <laughs> And I don't think I'm ever mm-hmm. going to stop writing at this point. But, you know, the so first you're, one. You're basically saying in the past two years, you've wrote four books. Three. Yep. Three years. I've wrote four books in three years. Cool. Do you find yeah. it hard? I know a lot of people find it hard. No, not no more. Oh, no. That found my lane. You know, like <laughs> I was telling somebody I was doing the same thing yesterday. And I was telling somebody well, my fourth book. If you ever watched that movie, The Last Dragon, with Bruce, Bruce Leroy. Mm-hmm. I said, I had to glow with this book. <laughs> I said, I got to glow. Because I'm serious. I would tell, I'm about to do a chapter right now. And I would sit down and knock out a chapter without stopping. And then it got to a point where I would do two chapters in one day without stopping. And it was no writer's blog. thing is, I had an outline for this book that I've been working on for over a year. I I did not use it. <laughs> Like it's complete. I still have that. That can be another book because none of this went into this book. I just hit hit a zone and just ran with it. So I had fun. That's that. You know, it's an uninterrupted conversation with myself. That's what I call it. I'm glad you take time for you. <laughs> exactly. I, I I didn't. I didn't. And so when this happened, I said it's the best thing that could happen to me. It's so therapeutic. Right. I'm really. It's really inspirational how. You don't let the past or events that happened define who you are. You know, it's a blessing because a lot of people do. You know, um, it's a part of my story. It's part of my journey. And I do tell it. And it's for connectivity. It's for other individuals who's going through that or who have been through that and they haven't figured out how to get past it. Well, I'm just, uh, you know, proof that it can happen. Now, you still have to figure out your path because my path is different than yours. But at least you have somebody to see that, OK, he's a regular person and it's happened. You know, there's always see these celebrities or something that said that, you know, these people go to jail, come back and go right back to the millions. That's normally not how this works. <laughs> you know, and I didn't sit in prison you know, like that for a long, like for a long time, like other people. It was worse on me. I know people that went to jail, came home and got jobs faster than somebody like me. And I got a college degree, but it's, it just wasn't programmed back in those days for people like that. Like if you went to prison, they had programs for, for you, but people who were still out in the world, it wasn't no programs. It's just when I went for a job, they hired me, looked at it and said, oh, no, we can't we can't do it. And even what I did is highlighted in rap music now. Before, <laughs> you know, like they're trying you know, uh, it, it was nuts. You know, that, that transition was nuts. And we were just so far behind. No social media back in those days when I got in trouble. Again, I was always a good kid. I never hurt anybody. I stayed in school, never quit school. 
it was just, you know, I made some wrong decisions and got in trouble. And I understand that. I speak to myself and let me like, look, you were never a bad person. You were trying to make money. Once you found ways to make money better, you did that. And that was that. And I'm pardoned. I've been pardoned. 2021, June, I've been pardoned by the state of South Carolina for all my crimes. That's good. So who is like your ideal target market? Wow. Um, you know, now this entrepreneurs, period. Um, my last book, my first one, my first this one here, you won't start my first training manual was uh, targeted for um, beginner entrepreneurs. And I actually specify Gen Z, millennials, baby boomers. Because, you know, in the workforce right now, those are the biggest individuals. And then I focused on the Gen Z is coming out of school. And they had different reasons for wanting to be in entrepreneurship. You know, people are coming out of school now are like, hey, I don't want to work for nobody. Millennials are in a transitional phase. They've been working for somebody for 10 or 15 years. They felt like they made the wrong decision. They're trying to figure out how to do their own thing. They've gained some skills and some knowledge. They want to make that transition. And then the retirees who are baby boomers, who they're like, hey, you know, what am I going to do? I'm not retiring with enough money to not work ever again in life. But they have all the skills in the world. They've been doing something for the last 30 years, 25 years. Nobody knows as much as they know, but they don't know how to do it for themselves. They just know how to do it within the confines of a job. So that was where I targeted in that space. This book focuses on business from start to finish. You know, I was able to successfully sell a company in my business. I worked the company from beginning to sell. So, and it's about being in your business corner because to be successful in business, you need people. You need a support system. And this is why they have the stats that say 80% of new businesses fail in the first year. I bet you it's because they don't have a support system. I'm willing to bet that because me, you go into business, you have a spouse, wife, husband, whoever, you're telling them this crazy idea that you're going to start this business. They're looking at you like you're nuts. And then you're like, hey, I'm seeing all our life savings or I'm going to pull money out of our 401k, put 50 grand into this company. They're like, are you nuts? Well, then you tell them that for the next five years, you can't get the new Louis Vuitton bag that you usually get. You got to still ride the same car that you've been riding. You've been waiting on a new car. You can't take trips with the girls or the guys, or we don't go on family vacations for the next five years while I build this business. Oh, let me tell you, after five years, I built the business. I got $100,000 surplus. I'm going to take it back and reinvest in the business. Not <laughs> put it into you. I'm going to reinvest in the business. That can be grounds for divorce. It has been. And so understanding that through all the facets of business, or as I call the fight, the entrepreneurial fight, you need somebody in your corner, just like one of those prize fighters. They need to have somebody in their corner every round of that fight to make sure that they are, you know, being protected some way, shape, form, or fashion. So that's who I target all entrepreneurs because no matter what part of the journey in, you can use this book. And what's the title of that book? Business Corner, What's Really Needed to Survive the Entrepreneurial Fight. I really believe that, that entrepreneurship is the fight of your life. True entrepreneurship, not just being self-employed because there's a difference. So, um, but once you make that, that choice to be a real entrepreneur, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be hell. But if you can see yourself to the other side of it, you can change your life and other people. 
How do you get in front of your ideal people in front of entrepreneurs? Oh, man. Well, I right now, again, I am a corporate trainer and a business coach. I have contracts that put me in front of business owners on a daily basis. I I'm working with a company now that I contract with that I train every one of their entrepreneurs that come through that makes under two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. I train them. So this is about 40 companies per quarter. <laughs> so, That's cool. I'm always in front of entrepreneurs. I also do training with another company and and on there's one is on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. I mean, that's, I live it. This is my lifestyle. You know, entrepreneurship is my lifestyle. I'm always speaking and and I, at entrepreneurial functions. I work with schools, high schoolers, as well as continuing education, colleges. So I'm always in front of potential entrepreneurs, working with other entrepreneurs. That's just been my lifestyle. I help my company, my Consulting firm, J. Halim LLC, we work with business owners, helping them to get government contracts. So again, I'm always in front of entrepreneurs on a daily basis. Sometimes they can't get in front of me. So this is where the book comes from. <laughs> if you can't get me, you can get my book. Do you do any social media? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on social media. Yeah, I predate it, but <laughs> I, I like it, you know. Business is still the same. Social media is a great tool. But when you get behind it, business is still the same. You know, I work with a lot of business owners that work, try to work in the government. Well, social media don't really work like that with the government. No. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So business is still the same. We used to have to put ads in the paper to talk about your business on a magazine. Well, that's the same thing as social media. But people always tell you to free, free, free. But it's like, well, they're not going to show everybody your stuff for free. It's only if you pay, <laughs> you know, they're going to get that. So it's the same thing. But yes, I, I am. I have a nice, nice following on social media. I just don't rest on there. I can say I predate it and I get out here and beat the pavement. I go and shake hands with kids, baby stuff. <laughs> Fun. So what are some big goals that you're looking to achieve in the next year or two? Wow. So, you know, I'm just coming off a big goal. I I um, just moved from South Carolina to Las Vegas. This We came, got here full time in June of um, 2022. So I'm in the middle of one right now. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a huge goal. That is like a year and a half. Started the transition in April of 2021 and finished it in June of 2022. So we're getting acclimated to the West Coast, you know, <laughs> I'm looking to get a bigger space. I got a space here, but I'm used to, I have 3,000 square feet space in South Carolina. So I'm trying to get a bigger space so we can continue to provide service at the level that we did there, here. Continue this connectivity between here and Southern California and also move it up to the Bay Area because I um it's, it's just a lot. They're doing a lot of trainings with the ports. I did a lot of port training in South Carolina, teaching minority business owners how to make money on the port. And my nonprofit, I Won't Starve Academy, just getting it established here like I had it in South Carolina because we do a lot of good work with helping families as well as kids, students. We already adopted a school here in, in Las Vegas, which we had multiple in South Carolina. We already adopted one school so far where we go and talk to the kids every month. We do have lunch with them. And we talked to them about business. I help them directly with some of their business ideas. Some of them are actually in business. Some of them already are like doing music, teaching them about publishing. 
some have their own little you know online stores and things like that. So I'm just helping them out. We don't charge them anything. But yeah, we just want to help people and give them the gift of entrepreneurship and really teach them that you're, you know, that's the most selfless thing you can do because any real entrepreneurs, they have people who they're taking, they're taking care of not just their household, but other people's household is counting on them to actually be successful in their community. You know, people don't move to certain neighborhoods if the businesses aren't thriving there, you know, um, and things of that nature. So I understand that wholeheartedly. So that's what we bring into the Las Vegas area. That's fun. And do you still have those systems in place back in South Carolina that you had when you were over there? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm actually going to be training at Midland Technical College in Columbia, South Carolina. There is a class that has been going on for the last 10 years, and I'm a part of that. We're doing that. I'll be back over there. I'm doing some work. My 10-year anniversary is this year, so we're going to celebrate there. It's the, you know, South Carolina is going to always be there. I mean, I, that's why I started, especially with the consultant space, helping people get certifications with like DOT, with the state, with local and federal government. It's been amazing. And everything I've learned about how to do that in other places, I've came from South Carolina with that. So, And it's amazing that people, I'm able to teach people in LA County and over here stuff that I learned in little old South Carolina. But we're doing a lot of good work in South Carolina, great work. So, you know, it's been a great journey. It's fun how you've already have a school over there in Los Angeles and you've only really been there for barely six months. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I was doing that since my daughter was about, hmm, about fourth grade and she's a freshman now. I used to go to her school and do something called Tie Tuesday, work with the boys, you know, uh, transform, inspire, expose, so I would come there, we would all have our ties, suit and ties on, and I would bring other career professionals there to talk to the young men. So they don't think they all have to be LeBron James or Tom Brady or something like that. And so they met people who had construction companies. They met people who ha- had um, funeral parlors and all different types of businesses, even from DJs on the radio. I would bring them there. They would set up their DJ equipment. To go, the boys would go nuts. Uh, bring IT people there, let them take a part of the computer, put it back together. And we would have pizza parties every month, stuff like that. So, because I always believe that if I take care of these young men, who are some of them bigger than me now, <laughs> they'll take care of my daughter. You know, they'll say, hey, that's Mr. Washington's daughter. Leave her alone, you know? <laughs> and when I was a kid, again, as I told you, it would say to the drugs or I'm from North New Jersey. They would come to school telling us not to steal cars. So if you ever heard that movie, New Jersey Drive, that's a real true story. That's what we grew up on. They wasn't bringing people to motivationally speak to the children or um, talk to them about careers and things like that. So my grandmother always said, if you got a problem with something, fix it. You know, don't complain. So I'm doing my small part. That's nice. And we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so with some of your goals and stuff, what do you feel is the number one roadblock that's might be in the way of you achieving those same thing i talk about in this book support support mm-hmm. support support because and it's not like i'll tell you in my community you know it's, it's i don't want the you gotta wait to see how many other people support if you know something is good get behind it and then don't wait till you have a hundred million dollars then say you're going to support whatever you're doing is helping that's why i say i'm doing my small part you'll be surprised how many times I talk to people and they say, well, 
well, I got to have this to be able to do that. I got to have that to do that. No, you don't. You know, you can start where you are. I had nothing. I was just a photographer who had the time to be at my daughter's school. But I see these same kids. Like I said, some of them are bigger than me now. And it, and it matters, you know. But as I grew in my stature and in my station in life, I just was able to do more. But I would never look at what I did and say it was nothing because it was just one person at the time. Now I have a nice amount of people to help me. But it wouldn't have been that if I didn't start where I was. Because the first thing I ask, what have you done? So when you go to the government, you ask them for help. They want to know what you've done. But as long as you're waiting to the government help before you do something, <laughs> it'll never get done. So we want the support and we want people to stop waiting for the special moment to get out and um, help and support these programs that we got going on. Get out and start doing it right now. And I mean, look at the ripple effect that you've had, even just you, you know, sacrificing some things so that you could get out there and help the other people. Yeah, it, it works. It really does work. And, you know, I've been in groups with guys, with uh, men and women, and everybody's doing this. And I'm sitting there, I look in the group, I say, there's 200 people in this group. If everybody just gave up $1,000 for the year, not for right now, if you don't have it, we just put the pot together for a year and we have 200 grand, we can go to a bank and get a million. Then what can we do? Everybody starts stuttering. Then. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Like, let's, let's work. If we want to really work, let's work. You know, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to overcome those things that we talked about prior if I waited for the government to get right with people who have felonies. You know, I had to figure out another way. Yeah. And look how much you've grown, too, in the process, right? Yeah. It's a blessing. I'm just grateful. You know, and I, my job is to help other individuals have it a little bit easier than I did. Because, again, <laughs> I was doing it by myself, you know. So, you know, shout out to my wife for um, being there. And I said she wasn't around, but she didn't know. She don't come from the same background I come from. You know, she's just experiencing it. She's closed, but she's a close spectator. And he, she didn't have the answers. Nobody in her family had the answers. She watched, you know, so I couldn't even get the help from her. And there's no blame to her. But now she's willing to be on my side to help other individuals because she still me to it. That's fun. So what's the best advice that you have ever been given? Oh, wow. You know, that's a great question. When I was younger, some of the best advice I got was when I first said I was going to college, there's a guy, his name is Pete, and he was a, um, a mechanic in my neighborhood. And he said, go get both education. He said, you don't have a problem with doing what you do in the street. He said, but if you learn that stuff that they teach you in college, you'll be unstoppable. And I didn't take that seriously until later on. I started really applying it. And I always try my best to go back to him and let him know whenever I go back home. That I was that was great advice. And um most recently, you know, I, I it's not advice it's from like a pseudo pseudo advice, I would call it. I read um a quote from Frederick Douglass that said it's better to build strong children to repair broken men. Mm-hmm. I believe that so much. That was like the greatest quote I ever had, I've ever read. Because it's true, you know, people, we're, we're beat down by the time we get to a certain age and we have our own stereotypes about things, but these babies are ripe and ready for good information, some authentic individuals to come into their lives, support them, and they'll be ready and willing soldiers to fight with you, not fight for you, fight with you on a battle to do what you're supposed to be doing. 
Don't waste your time with these people who already got their preconceived notions. Go to the babies if I adopt school. Go to the babies, support them, be honest with them, be authentic to them, and they'll be there to support you and they'll help you get your message across. I was thinking of something along those lines, like when you were telling us that you like go into the high schools and stuff and talk to the the kids there. And it was like you're helping mold and shape our future society for the better. Yeah. So that's cool. That's the goal. I mean, again, it never happened for me. You know, we would be in high school. Good things is sometimes well, I remember we used to have some police officers who would be substitute teachers from time to time. And that was okay. They weren't, you know, bad. They were good guys. They would talk to us, you know, if they had an opportunity. Not like in a class setting where they're spitting up in front of the class, but if they see something in you, they'll speak to you. As far as doing what I do and seeing people come in and you have all these people, it's a thing now. The Eric Thomas's of the world and everybody going to high school. That wasn't happening when we were growing up. Not where I grew up anyway. It was just the cops coming in, they know the drugs or showing us real videos of teenagers wrapped in twisted metal because they're stealing cars. I'm like, you know, that's not but traumatizing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but hey, yesterday they pumped us full of that. But now for me, I'm telling them options. I'm telling them ways out. I'm telling them, hey, it's okay to have a job, but let's talk to you about getting the right job. Let's get, you can get a job doing exactly what you want to do. Not be miserable like people our age who've been working for 20 years, 10 years, doing something they don't want to do. You say you want to do this, it's a job for that. If you want to do it for no job, do it for yourself. I'll tell you how to do that too. Not, no, you can't do that. I, we heard a lot of no's in our generation. A lot of no's, a lot of you can't do, a lot of that's not going to happen. No, everything is a yes. And that's true at their age. You can do whatever you want to do at their age. If you, if you give them the knowledge, stop holding it from them. Stop telling them They'll find out and by and by, like, no, tell them the knowledge now and let them process it. Let them come back for more information, guide them in the right direction. And it'll, benef it'll benefit you and everybody else in your community in the long run. Yeah. The yes, how, right? Exactly. 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 Or not who, but or not a how, but who. Sometimes who you guys can help you. Who can partner with you? Teach them that. Because we're, we're taught to share at a young age. But for some reason, once we get older, that sharing thing goes out the window, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and people, they don't want to work with each other. So you make it hard on yourself because you had three BFFs, but now you're trying to do things separately. If all four of you guys work together, you get there 10 times faster and a lot less strain. But I don't know what age bracket that it comes up where they stop telling us to share or <laughs> work together. <laughs> But it happens, and it happens across the board. It don't matter where, where you come from. It's just like, hey, figure it out on your own. I'm like, why? Why do that? Yeah, so true. So what's the best advice you've ever given? The platform you leap from is more important than the platform you land on. You know, we're focused so much on the past and the future. We're not focusing on what we're doing right now. And I'm, I still fight it. I'm happy because I'm conscious of it. So I see myself, hey, getting ahead of myself. I'll be like, I'm getting you getting too far. Focus on this right now. But if you build a strong platform, it does not matter where you go. You will not have to worry about starving. You will not have to worry about not being able to be productive. I just left South Carolina using the same platform that I built in South Carolina. And I walked into Vegas for no problem. 
It wasn't like I had to go through any humps or, or hurdles. I knew right where to go. Okay, let me go to the, the local city office. Let's go to the county office. <laughs> you know, I went, started doing my DOT certification. I started talking to the people in SBA. Like the same situation. And some of it was a lot easier because South Carolina happens to be one of the hardest states to get certifications. So because I had certifications over there, it made it easier for me to get them here. <laughs> so like your platform that you built already, that you're leaping from, is way more important than the one you're going to land on. So we put all the focus on where we're going to get to. Well, if you ever graduated high school or graduated college, there, it's a party. But after the party, you're like, what do we do now? Because every all the stuff was about the journey. It wasn't about the destination. <laughs> You know, once you get there, it's like, okay, I know friends who cried when we graduated college, not because they were happy. Like, what am I doing now? This was my life for the last four years. Yep. It's interesting, too, because the platform grows with you. Like, as you can go on, the platform follows you, right? So Definitely. I love it. I love that. I love that. It it does. Um, I didn't believe that. I didn't understand that because I was always what you call a hustler. You know, in a bad way, in a good way. Even when I transitioned to doing things that was 100% legit, I was always hustling. And hustle is is, is a, a trademark or, you know, um, but you can't put it on a resume. You know, you, you can't tell people, oh, I'm a hustler. You know, <laughs> I had to get a skill set. You know, so when I picked up a camera and became a photographer, my life changed because I knew that I could stand flat-footed and pr- produce something. And I can show a track record, again, a platform of me being able to do that. So no matter where I went, when I pulled up that website and say, hey, this is my work. Oh, you did that? Oh, wow. You know, so when you start to see these companies that I work with, the Nike, the, you know, the WNBA, the NBA, the NFL, like that gets me, it got me in so many rooms that my hustle could not ever get me in. So that platform, I was like, okay, now I want to coach and train. I went and got certifications immediately. Did I need them? No, I wanted them. Because I wanted you to see that I went through something to say, hey, I produce, I could produce at a at a regular rate. And you know, all the time. Not it's a luck thing, you know, because hustle is a luck, luck thing. You know, you hustling, maybe it worked, maybe it not. Every time I produce the same um, quality materials all the time. And I want you to see whether it's paperwork, whether it's my past work, whether it's um, people talking about testimonials. Hey, he's always producing at a high level. Yeah. And it shows, too, that you're not that you continue to grow yourself, too. Yeah, definitely. Personal development is everything. I used to listen to videos of um, the great Jim Rome, and that's all he talked about was personal development. And um, they would say things like, you know, you don't get in life what you want. You get in life what you become. You know, because you don't, you know, people want doctor money, but don't want to become a doctor. <laughs> you know, it's like they get that because they went to school for all those years. They have that type of crazy insurance payment because if one wrong move, you know, they can kill somebody or mis- misdiagnosis. They are taking all that on their shoulders so they should get the money they get. You know, if you want that, go put that same weight on your shoulder. And so I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with getting what I deserve, you know, but I and I'll work and earn for it. Mm-hmm. So you had kind of touched on it earlier, but you like the entrepreneurship versus self-employment. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on that a little bit for us? 
Oh, man. So you think about social media now. Everybody's, you know, running from their job. They're running from the big, bad boss man. You know, everybody wants to do entrepreneurship. Well, it's a difference. You know, if you are a plumber and you say, I don't want to work for Joe Joe Blow's plumbing agency anymore. I just want to do it myself. Okay, you're self-employed. You can catch your own calls, go do a service job. You're self-employed. When you're an entrepreneur, your business has to go whether you go or not. And that's the difference. And that's an, and that's a risk. There's no real risk in self-employment. You know, yes, you can make a lot of money, but after a while, it's going to die down. And that's what they're teaching a lot of individuals because as your age, as you grow, okay, maybe in your 20s, you say you want to be a plumber by yourself. When you t- 20 years from then, from that point, or 10 years from that point, you're not going to be able to do all those calls in a day. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to put somebody else in there to work for you, then you're stuck. You're not growing your business. You're not helping your community because you're not hiring anybody. You know, you're just saying, and I know people that's like this. I met a guy, military individual, he retired, and he got passed over in the military. And he had an amazing company that he didn't want to grow. He just wanted to do himself. And then he said he's going to sell it, find somebody else who want to do it after he's done with it and sell it to him because he was passed over for a promotion in the military. And he never wanted to be in a situation where anybody dictated how his growth again. That's why he didn't go get a job. He just started the company, but he kept it. It's a company that could have been a million dollar business, you know, and it sucks. So these individuals that they're, they're p- promoting self-employment, which is actually killing entrepreneurship, A, because you're calling it that, and B, you got a lot of people who should be in the, I feel it should be in the audience paying for tickets on stage performing. Yeah. You know, I'm like, if you're trying, everybody's trying to sell something, who's going to purchase? <laughs> you know, every, that's what I'm saying. So everybody's not built to be an entrepreneur. You know, you can be, it's like the military. If you go through basic training, you can be. People come from all walks of life to be that, but you have to go through that basic training. But just saying, I don't want to work for somebody and I'm going to do my own thing. Jobs are not bad. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how, you know, entrepreneurs create jobs. You're supposed to create jobs. So, you want to be a job creator, so you say, well, you're all telling everybody not to work, so who's going to work for you? <laughs> it's just so backwards. You know, like, it's okay to have a job. Have the right job. You know, if you want to do video game production, there's companies that's hiring people to do that. Because if you're not the person who's willing to pay all 10 people that work for you first before you get paid, then you're not fit for entrepreneurship. Because <laughs> you're the last to get paid. Yep. You know, and I even talk about with the government. People get a million dollar contract and I say that's not your money. Right. It's a million dollar contract, yes, but that's not your money. <laughs> and they tell you everybody that's on your on your staff can get paid a certain amount of money. They have to get paid. If, uh, if somebody complains that you didn't pay them on time, you can lose your contract. You know, so it's, it's a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> It's a lot uh, more risk being an entrepreneur than being self-employed, but people just lump it all together and it's muddling the water too much. And it's making everybody that's not supposed to be in that space jump out into that space. That's my humble opinion. (laughs) No, I agree. Right. Like we still need people to work. This is what we're dealing with, you know, and the pandemic wasn't no better because 
They're giving people checks every week and every month. I mean, I've seen amounts of money that people have never seen working or let's say they were selling drugs or something like that or scamming. And now they're like, why go back to work? And it's like, because you need a job <laughs> and, you know, things need to, your economy and your community needs to work. People are frustrated when they go to Popeye's Chicken and it's two people working there. You know, yeah. if it's six to eight people working there, you won't be cursing people out. Somebody won't be shooting at somebody or arguing with people at the register. It, it, it does have a ripple effect. You know, at the local restaurant, you don't have a server there, enough servers. You're, now you're waiting on your, your experience sucks because your food's taking longer. This is just regular everyday stuff. Now your kid who's driving you up the wall and they don't know what they want to do can't get a job. You know, because they're, they're listening to their local YouTubers saying they don't have to go to work. They just want to do YouTube when they can get immediately to the money and make this $15, $16 an hour by going to work at Chick-fil-A. It's so many things that people don't look at, the negative effect of it. You learn on a job. I do career development. Jobs are not for money first. The first thing is for you to learn. And then you, you, get, you get training. And then when you, if you learn more things and then you're trained, the money follows that. Mm-hmm. But if you never learn how to work a register, your parents don't know how to work a register, go to work. Now you learn how to work a register. If you do it for yourself 10 years later, you know how to work a register, a POS system. You know, you, you are counting money. You're learning how to do commerce. You're learning things. The money is going to follow. Now you-, you can go out on your own. <laughs> And even if that learning thing on your first few jobs is, hey, I know how to get somewhere on time and stay there until my shift is over. <laughs> yes, yes, Lord. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> I tell people that all the time. In business, I like you can go to work and they'll give you a pass. Oh, he, she was late today. He was late the other day. If I'm late for a meeting with a potential client, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no more second chances <laughs> that's it you know so at the end of the day like you really do you really want this this life because it's a different type of lifestyle and that's what I put in the book you know like you're making the money my second chapter is uh, freedom over finance you know entrepreneurship is about freedom I talk about how I haven't I've never missed the opportunity to spend time with my children now the money wasn't there at that time in early years but that was priceless. And now my kids understand. Now, you know, I told you it was like a year and a half process. I was in Vegas way before my family got here. But they got, they understood it. They're saying, okay, dad, you know, we know you got to go. But the early years, I, I didn't miss anything. I didn't miss one event. I didn't miss one school trip. None of that stuff because of me being an entrepreneur. And they talked to me about it. My daughter written two books. And she's only 14 and she's finishing up her third book. All my son talks about is having his own business. He's only nine, you know, but that's all they know. He was crawling in my office as, as a toddler, you know, with my first office. So that's what they know. And I wouldn't change that for the world. I wasn't around for them to see that because kids do what you they see you do, not what you say. Mm-hmm. They, they, they wouldn't have got that. They would have got somebody else's example. True. And entrepreneurship isn't always just sitting around in your pajamas and collecting big checks. <laughs> they believe that for some reason. I, Social media. Yeah, I don't know. Where, yeah, I guess that's where it comes from, but it is not like they tell you. <laughs> well, 
I have had a great time together today. So thank you for being with us. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you'd like to share with us? Oh, man. I think we talked about a lot. I think I, I really actually had a good time. <laughs> what I would say is, is you know, far as that, what we were just talking about, about the difference between self-employment and entrepreneurship, I would add, please, ma'am, please, sir, stop passioning yourself into the poorhouse. You know, like, yes, you might be passionate about something, but we can't. Passion doesn't mean we skip steps. Passion actually is there for us to help us get over the hard times. You know, when you're with a person and they're driving you crazy, it's only love and passion that keeps you there because those are the unexplainable, you know, emotions that you have. And it's the same with the business. When the business is kicking your behind and you want to leave, but you keep going, that's passion, you know. But it's not, it's like your driver's license. You just keep it in your back pocket. You don't need to use it all the time. And when you use something that's uncontrollable all the time, you're usually going to end up in a space where, you know, you don't really, really want to be. So keep your passion in check. Don't let your passion supersede your common sense and your knowledge. Find out the best thing for you to do with what you want to do and the vision that God gave you and walk the steps. I know God is funny in the way of, waking you up or putting you in your dream and, and catapulting you 10 years ahead, showing you this amazing vision. And then you waking up right back at the bottom of the steps and telling you, you got to walk there. But that's his process. Keep that vision in the forefront of your mind and do not skip the steps. And I mean, it gets hard. Pull that passion out of your back pocket. Use it to get over those, over those hard times. And I promise you, you'll get to where you got to get to. And enjoy the journey. Please, please, yes, enjoy the journey because you can't get it back. You can't get it back. I've had a few businesses that I've had for a long period of time, coming up on 10 years this year. Each journey was completely different, completely different. <laughs> wow. Where can we go to learn more about you and what you do? Look me up, Jay Halim. Just put Jay Halim in, in um, Google search or I Won't Starve. Um, my website, jhaleen.com, iwonstarve.com. Just put it in there. You'll find out all about me, my books, my book babies, I call them. What's the title of your books? So the first one is? I, I Won't, Won't Starve. Starve. Yep. I Won't Starve from 8,000 Six Figures. And it just talks about me, again, um, my journey. And again, working for $8 and building up uh, my business. to a six-figure photographer and now in, um, internationally. You know, I've worked with companies, um, like I said, Save the Children, based out of London. So I work with them, work with Nike, WNBA, NFL, some Amtrak, major companies as a photographer, uh, federal government. <laughs> you Won't Starve, Key Principles of Entrepreneur Development. Again, I was training, doing this training for years. And once, the, once COVID hit, I couldn't go around anymore so i put that training in uh i still do the training to this day is my entrepreneurial development workshop i teach people those five key principles of entrepreneurial development because that's what we want to do we want to develop you into an entrepreneur we want to teach you exactly what this is about this is boot camp as we talked about <laughs> morning motivation i did write this in the height of the pandemic i mean because again social media horrible horrible information about Throw away 2020, 
you know, forget that. I say, you know, motive, more than motivation. I was doing videos, literally. I did 150 days straight of videos. And I was saying that this is a crisis, but it's not our last crisis. It's not our first crisis. So my, my subtitle is Consistent Encouragement Through a Crisis because we have to find a way to be consistently encouraged no matter what the crisis looks like. And if you are an entrepreneur, you don't have to have COVID to have a crisis. Anything <laughs> can be a crisis. All your people can walk off the job tomorrow. That's a crisis, you know, so it is what it is. And my last, and I think my best baby to the, to date so far <laughs> is uh, Business Corner. What's really needed to survive the entrepreneurial fight. If you're an entrepreneur from the beginning or to when it's time for you to sell your business, this book is for you because no matter what, you need somebody in your business corner during the whatever process of entrepreneurship. The people who are successful, I don't know major corporations that's successful with one person just trying to figure it out on their own. I don't know one of them. They might just talk about that one person, the Bill <laughs> Gates of the world, but he has Paul Allen. You know, he had him anyway before he passed away. These people all had teams and had people on that, you know, behind them to get to be successful. Success leaves clues, and that's the biggest clue I found that these people weren't doing it alone. So I put all this in the book. Some of it is about my journey, but the majority of it is about what I know about business and my 20 years of experience of being in business. Cool. Well, thank you for that. No problem. Thank you. And thank you for being on with us. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. I smiled a lot. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you take care and we'll keep in touch. Thank you so much. You do the same. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.